podcast. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. The podcast has had over 1 million plays and that's all thanks to you. For the holidays, I bring you the best of series for 2023, the most listened to and loved episodes. If you enjoy the podcast, you can review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts or drop me a line on social media. This episode is brought to you by Gin & Co, author website design specialists. If you want a beautiful and functional website to promote your books and brand, reach out to Jin today. His work includes tailored, expertly designed, professional author websites. I finally have a website I'm proud to share. And we've got a special offer for Words and Nerds listeners. Reach out today and get a free domain name and website hosting for the first year. You can get their website essentials package, includes domain name, website hosting, backup and security, free for the first year with any website purchase. This is valued at $330 a year. Choose a website designed to bring your author brand to life. You can find more details about this special offer at ginand.co forward slash words and nerds. Date with a Debut is a Words and Nerds and Breathe Art podcast co-production recorded on a Wagbacool country. And I pay my respects to all elders past and present and extend that to any First Nations people tuning in. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. On with the show. I just think what death does for life is so valuable we learn about so much from their opposites you know we learn about peace from war you know we appreciate peace when we think about war and death really gives your choices in life meaning Hello, my name is Nick Massillia, former host of Tell Me What to Read and author of the novel When Men Cry. And I'm here for the first time ever for it to start a brand new series with Words and Nerds, which shines a light on debut novelists and their journey to publication. So if you're looking for a new book to devour, this is the place to be. If you're looking for writing inspiration, this is the place to be. This is a date with a debut because nothing hits you like a first impression. And first up in this series, I'm very excited to uh, have Diane Yarwood here, who she is the author of The Wakes, which is published by Hachette, and it is out right now. Diane, welcome. Thank you, Nick. I'm so excited to be your first debut. So thank you. You're very welcome. It's very, very nice to have you. And in typical date fashion, please start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to start oh. your writing journey. It's quite a big story. I uh, So, yes, it's my first novel, but I've been at it for quite a few years. My actual first novel sits in a drawer on my bedside table. <laughs> I never thought that would happen. I spent quite a few years on it, and I'd heard about authors doing that, and I just couldn't imagine being able to put years of work in a drawer, but I did. And I think that was a good thing. It, I don't think it's ever going to see the light of day. It's got a lot of me in it masquerading as fiction. And so the, the Wakes is really my second novel. This is something I've wanted to do since I was a teenager. I was actually an accountant for a lot of my life, uh, very, two very different things. And I chose that when I left school. My mother died in my final year of school and I felt like my safety net had been taken from under me. So I chose, I was good at English, but I was also good at economics. So I chose the safe, the safe route, the, the stable career. And I quite enjoyed it, took me around the world. And I then when I had children and how do I cut this short? I nearly died when I was 40. And that near-death thing awakened this sort of dream that I'd put to bed. I'd almost forgotten about it. As a teenager, I wanted to write a novel. 
but probably didn't think I had anything to say. And so when I had this real awakening to how short life is and how it can just turn, your health can just turn on you, I thought, right, that's I've got to go and have a go at that novel. And I didn't do a course. I just thought, well, if you think you can write, just go write. Uh, so I did the first novel and it was obvious that that when I was sending it off that I needed something was wrong with it. I got a bit of advice on that and then I wrote The Wakes, a brief speed dating introduction. I love it. And I love the fact that you just sat down and wrote. Like, I, I, did, just, yes. I love that because I, I mean, obviously like learning about uh, literary, you know, like, like processes and, and different methods of mm. storytelling is all great. But I also have found that sometimes the best way to, to write is just sit down and, and just do it, it. Exactly. And you know what, one of the best uh, bits of advice I've read was you can't turn an ocean liner around that's not moving. So mm. you might get up in the morning and think, I don't feel creative, but if you sit down and just start writing, it just starts to happen. And then the next day you might read it and it doesn't, it's not very good, but you you work on it. And uh, that's that that and to me, I had to sit down to, to, and start writing to find out what I wanted to write about. Mm. So that, it happened very organically. What I I sat down to write and I wrote started writing about death right from the start. I'm not morbid at all, but it was death that I needed to get my head around. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And you you touch on this particular theme. I'll go into a little bit later in the book, by the way. But uh, you touch on this theme with in such a open, honest, but also, like, fun sort of way. Mm. Like, there's a real, mm. it, it, everyone looks at death and thinks of death as just pure old doom and gloom. But mm. it's not. It's not. There's mm. it, 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 it's, a, it's a life focuser in some ways. And also it's mm. a way that you can look at things in a new way. I- I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just... No, but life focuser, life focuser, I haven't heard the phrase. That is that is it, yes. Mm, exactly. Yes. It, it puts things mm. into perspective and whether you should get upset mm. about a particular, uh, you know, particular things or not. And and I and I think it was such a, a liberating thing that you did with this mm. book. Well, that's what I very much wanted to do, was to say well, we had this way we look at death and you know, so many people say, oh, I hate funerals. And and I don't at all, and I never have because, well, no, I did one, but my mother's. But when you go to a funeral and you hear about this person and you think, wow, I wish I knew them better, and, and it's just such a celebration of life. And mm. my experience of death, I I just think what death does for life is so valuable. It, it, it you know, it, it, as I say in the book, death, we learn about so much from their opposites. Mm. And, you know, we learn about peace from war. You know, we appreciate peace when we think about war. And death really gives your choices in life meaning. So it's, it's just good to have a different perspective if you can. Let's let's talk about this book. Let's talk about the wakes. And I know that you're probably going to uh, get used to this, but uh, everyone always starts with the classic: "Give us your one minute pitch for the wakes." Uh, so I'm going to say that. I'm, you've ha- I'm assuming you would have had the chance. You might have done a couple of interviews, had the chance to prep for it. What is the wakes about? Well, the wakes is about a small group of strangers whose lives increasingly intertwine in a cluster of funerals one spring. But it's it, it's it's set against death. But it's about 
uh, why life is the importance of life and, and how death makes life important. So it's about life's fragility and preciousness and importance. Mm. The picture changes every time I say it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love, but I, I love it. I think it's, it's, you, you've covered it very, very quickly. I wish I could, I wish I could summarize my book as quickly as that. Oh, um, I haven't always been able to, don't worry. But I love these characters uh, in this mm, in this story. Claire, I Louisa, and and Chris as the main ones, yep. but obviously there are other characters in there as well. Yep. You cover a lot of ground in this book: mm, relationships, death, like you already mentioned, and I also on a, on a personal level, the catering from my own experiences working in hospitality. You mm-hmm. nailed it. You nailed oh. it. You nailed the, and I know you, you mentioned that you, you've worked in this space before, uh, the chaos of it, the in the, yep. the working space, the fact yep. that you've got to get everything out on a certain time, you're, you're mm. running on adrenaline, mm. everything. Um, but the story, obviously the story goes deeper than that, but I just loved mm. the, 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 the small little uh, details that you threw in around that. Well, the question was, what, what were you looking to address with this book? I know we were talking on the topics of, of death a little bit, but there was more to this book than that, wasn't there? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Look, I think it wasn't so much what I set out to address. If you read the epigraph uh, from Virginia Woolf, that I meant to write about death, that life came bursting in as usual, <laughs> which was exactly what happened to me. I sat down to write about death, and but I love life. I love humour, I love food. What happened was it it just sort of became a book about all these great things about life. When I nearly died, um, I'd been sick for about a year. I I have an autoimmune disease called Addison's disease. It's actually the disease they think Jane Austen died of, which from a literary person is quite comforting, strangely. Uh, You attack your adrenal glands. So when you said you get an adrenaline rush uh, with catering, that was probably the reason I didn't do catering because I don't get an adrenaline rush. And I was doing a party for 80 people, eight courses or something, and and I I was just sinking into a hole instead of getting that sort of, and that's when I realised, oh, this might not be a good choice for me. And uh, so anyway, so life was gradually being seeped out of me by this autoimmune disease. I was losing, cortisol gives you the energy to live mentally and physically and I was gradually just losing all of that so I was just gradually sort of unliving and then you go into a crisis in this disease and that's what kills you um and I went into that crisis and I was within a day of, or two of dying and I was saved in emergency and but it's chronic disease I take steroid every day that's fine but at the time this doctor who'd seen it once before knelt down next to me and said I think I know what's wrong with you and Took her a few hours to confirm it, but the treatment was an intravenous dose of steroid. So I went from death to life. I was immediately cured. I was immediately well, which is very rare in, to have that sort of. So yeah. I had that juxtaposition of death and life. And as the wakes progressed, I realised that's that's what I wanted in a novel fictional form to get across. I wanted you to finish the book feeling a little bit of what I felt. Mm. so that's what I wanted to get across really I wanted it to be almost like a work of art a a piece of beauty that made you feel wow isn't life amazing it's hard it's sad but ultimately it's pretty great the the feeling I got from it was uh you know so many people ask the question you know what is the meaning of your life and what is it when you be thinking Mm. of it on your deathbed and the answer the the wakes kind of when, when I was reading it was just saying to me this is the reason. Like the th- yes, the things exactly. that we do is exactly. the reason, and that is That's the it. simple That's nature it. of it. Yeah, that um, life is a gift. 
life exactly. is a gift and you just make the most of you of that gift that you can by doing you are mm. fulfilling exactly what you want to do uh, mm. you're fulfilling mm. your purpose you you communicate that really well with these characters i mm. love claire and louisa so mm. much fun mm. on the page someone said they were reading their friendship with a small silly smile on their face i know <laughs> I, 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 every time every interaction um you know even the the, the trials and tribulations that they come up with in the day-to-day i still just yes. found myself just loving these characters how mm. on earth uh did these characters come into your life they just they just came to me i i they're they're they're, they're imaginary but I think they're, I've got some gorgeous friends. They, they've got bits and pieces of those friends. But I guess I just imagined, you know, oh, who would be my favourite friends? And 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 I created them. I, 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 I love their differences between Louisa and Claire. I love Louisa, that she mm. can say almost anything. And uh, Claire's sort of caution uh, that she's trying to break out of. But when I finished it, I, I, I sat in my family room with my cat when I did the final final proofread I sat with them in my family you know around me and just sort of saying goodbye to them I said something not out loud yep that would be really weird I just did it in my head and I said I won't put words into your mouths anymore and and I I really loved being with them so they were my friends they're great. I think they're so mm. much fun. And and mm. I love that you touch on this particular point of, uh, and this is something I reckon a lot of authors, I mean, if you've written many books, you, you get it. But so many first-time authors, yeah, you've got to say goodbye to these characters and then they go yes. off and have a life of their own when the book goes that's, off and has a life of, of its it. own. And it, it is really hard to say goodbye to some to particular, it like, because these are your friends. And you they can are. go back and they see are. them anytime you want, but you've got a relationship mm. with them that is much deeper because you brought them to life. So I can mm. understand completely mm. that you would have probably mm. had a moment where you were like, oh, my God, I've got to go and say goodbye to you in a certain I, way. I did. I did. It was. I had trouble letting go for um, first-time authors in the proofread. The uh, project editor sent it to me and went, oh, it's so clean. The proofreader has changed hardly anything. And I thought, oh, wait, I think I might. <laughs> it's off. Mm-hmm. I, I just kept... I just kept putting more conversations in and, and things, and I um so that was that was yeah I had trouble letting go. It was, but yeah, it was absolutely it was they, these characters were so beautiful, and also just communicating these these themes and, and topics that may seem mm. heavy handed, quote unquote, on the surface, but you bring mm. so much joy to them. And again, let's talk about this particular topic of death that you address so well in the yes. book, because these characters they have funeral a funeral catering business. And then, of mm-hmm. course, there's events happening in their own lives that I, that I will not mention here because of spoilers. It reminded me a little bit of the very last list of Vivian Walker that came out one or two years ago by Megan Albany, that mm-hmm. there is the sadness of life and death, but also the joy in it. And then there's also just the kind of the day-to-day crap that you've, exactly. got, to de- that you've got to deal with, but uh, that feels so unimportant. But as we've alluded to earlier, it also kind of is important that... Exactly. It it does all matter. There's a Virginia Woolf quote that says about the great revelation of the meaning of life and Mm -hmm. and maybe it never comes. It's just the illumination, the small illuminations, you know, the matches struck in the dark, the small moments, Mm -hmm. the ordinary moments, and they're the things you remember, those. And and a lot of the big events in the novel, you know, the marriage breakdowns, they're happening in very ordinary moments. Mm. And I think, and that's another thing I wanted to do with Chris as an emergency doctor. I mean, yes. I, it's a bit of a love letter to emergency doctors. An emergency doctor saved my life. <laughs> but um, it's just the 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 
everyday things they see in emergency that, that threaten life mm. and that it's just a reminder too to, 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 to live every day because, and it's not, I don't want to do it in a morbid way to say what's around the corner, but it's just a reminder to just appreciate what you've got in terms yes. of the ability to live. Let's talk about your publishing process. We've danced around it uh, with a couple of these questions uh, in terms of your process of journey to publication. Mm. Um, what was that like? What was that experience like for you? Okay, uh, well, the first book, when I, I thought I had a Pulitzer Prize winning novel, and <laughs> I genuinely did. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I started sending it off cold to agents, uh, and I got well, I sent it to three agents, which I thought was a lot of rejections, but obviously in the scheme of things it's not. And I got back um, I got back quite lovely rejections, like a girlfriend said to me, that is not a rejection. So it didn't stop me writing, but there was obviously something wrong. And so I paid $150 to go to a manuscript assessor for an hour of uh, very tough criticism. And the upshot of that was she said, you have three books in one, which is very much me. And she said, there's just too much going on. And there was one thread in the story and she said, is this you? And I said, yes. And she said, well, either get yourself out of this novel or write a memoir. And it was very good <laughs> advice because my sister had read it. She knew what was true and what wasn't. And she said to me, when you started making it up, it started to fly. So I put it in the drawer. There was a funeral catering thread in that. I took out that thread and wrote an entirely new story. And that's what The Wakes is. So... I spent a long time writing that. I did a bit of work, consulting work in the middle of it. A few years ago, three or four years ago, I realised I was I possibly had something good, so I started treating it a bit more full-time, being quite part-time till then. Beginning of COVID, I finished it, and I really didn't like that cold selling, that cold submission. I, I, I did a couple mm-hmm. right at the beginning of COVID and, and got lovely rejections back, and I thought, oh, this isn't, this, I don't want to do this again. And I wasn't sure what to do. So I, I, and I was in the park one day with my dog and a, a mother of a, a friend of my daughter's, I hadn't seen her for years, said to me, how's that novel you've been writing going? I read somewhere, you know when people use the word novel, like they've made up, the, you've made up the word, like because mm. people just can't understand what you're doing. And I said, well, I've just finished it. And she said, oh, my sister's best friend has just finished a novel and got it published. And she's the writer, Suzanne Daniel, who, who won the Indie mm. Book of the Year Award. Of so to cut a story short, I was put in contact with Suzanne. She was amazing. We had a long conversation and she said, why don't I read this for you? She wanted to help me and I hadn't let anyone read it, not even my husband. I was too scared. I I just thought, what? and I hadn't done a course. I wasn't in a writer's group. I wasn't even in a book club and I'd written on my own for five or seven years. So it was incredibly Incredible feeling of jumping off a cliff, but I thought, I don't know you. And this, I think, is good advice. If you can find someone who knows what they're talking about, who you don't have an emotional connection with, I knew that she would give me an honest answer. There was no friendship under threat. So I printed it off and gave and sent it to her. And this was during COVID. She was in the country. And she contacted me and said she loved it. She said it got a bit dense, but she loved it. And so I knew what was dense. So I worked on that. And then she's Said, suggest I show up to a professional editor and to get a reader's report. And I thought, great. So I engaged, paid a bit of money for a professional editor. To, and so professional and reader's report looks at, reads the whole thing, 
doesn't she doesn't edit, but she tells you about character plot commerciality. She thought I had a gem and she loved it. And I, I sort of had a bit of a emotional sort of breakdown when I got her report because the sheer relief was just, oh, it was an amazing moment. She then said because she, she she found it so easy to read, she actually did a little bit of editing, she said, just to feel like she'd earned her money. So I then worked on a little bit more, but but then I contacted her again because I thought she wanted it to be published. You don't normally contact them again. Mm. And she said to me, well, I've actually mentioned you to a publisher at a book launch. And she wants, and this publisher wants you to send her sixty pages. So I did that, and this publisher read it straight away and wanted more. And I, and I was told that's when you try and get an agent if a publisher shows that sort of interest. So I then contacted Suzanne because I knew she had a really good agent, and I said, "Can I use your name in uh, in a letter to the agent?" And Suzanne said, "Well, how about I ring her for you?" And so that was. Just another example oh, of writer wonderful. generosity. Yeah. Wonderful. So then I very quickly got signed by the agent. And because I'd self-edited so much, she said, it's ready to go. We don't need to do anything. And mm. so she sent it straight out to publishers. So it all happened very fast. And then we went into a bidding war, which is a bit of a dream. <laughs> and, yeah, and then I chose her shit. It was, it, it was, it was, I was told it was a dream run and it did feel like that. It yeah, was... uh, from from personal experiences seen in the uh, working in the publishing space, that is a great run. You, you don't yes. that, and, and I uh... knew that. I knew that because I'd had all that thing with the first book, the rejections, not knowing where mm. I was going wrong. So it wasn't that I hadn't experienced that feeling. Uh, I knew this was this was pretty amazing. Well, it's a testament to the quality of the book. Like you can see the quality, see it come out in the quality of this book, and it's really great that it has ended where it has because it's a it's fantastic i want to ask a little bit about the editing process if i can uh because you you touched on it a little bit first of all i love that you went and got a you you, how great it was when uh, you got a professional editor involved on a personal experience i think i find getting uh the first draft out is like getting blood out of a stone i find it really Mm. difficult but the moment an editor gets involved uh, i love it because you just start suddenly you start to see this splodge of whatever the hell you've written on the page start to take shape. And then even those moments where you go, hey, this is stuff that I forced out of me myself actually might work and work really, really well. Mm. This sounds to me like you had a dream run with the, uh, with the, with the editor as well, um, mm. working with her. What was that experience like? Well, that was the project editor that I got. That was, that was wonderful. But then... We, and, and I agree with you. I'd spent so many years on my own and I, I read a lot of literary novels to teach myself um, how to write, but I was a bit slow in giving it over to somebody mm. else. I, I, and the collaborative process since then has been amazing. Mm. And, and it's, it's been a real joy. I, I mean, the publishers are amazing. I think debut authors need a little... Someone talked once about doing a, a, about creating a course to, 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 to teach debut authors what happens in the editing process because I had no idea. I didn't realise there was so much work on the novel done in that editing uh, space. Because I went with a big publisher, it was 18 months from purchase to to now. So there's a lot of time spent. So uh, the structural edit was um, great and the copy edit was amazing, an amazing copy editor. I didn't realise a copy editor does so much. And that whole thing too, if I, I'd written a scene that I thought was hilarious, but uh, they, you know, just, lo- you know, killing your darlings, just yep. letting go of stuff you think is so good because it doesn't work. 
we had some interesting things in the in the editorial process. I I it was from point of views. You, you know how I've got the multiple point of views. Yes, you do. And without giving anything away, one point of view arrives a little bit later in the book. <laughs> and there was a question mark because I hadn't done a writing course. I didn't know that was breaking a rule. So a, a little bit of breaking a rule. And the question was raised: Is that too late? And but I just thought it worked, and the end decision was yes, it works, and that rule will be broken. And so I think there was a little bit less to don't think you have to stay with the rules if it feels right for you. Yeah, because the consensus was that that little that thing worked. I love so. that. That yeah, I was going to ask you what your what your advice would be for first time authors, and I think you just answered that question perfectly there because uh yeah, rules don't, are made don't write be- the same novel as everybody else right rules are made to be broken that's exactly. what i like rules and it's are- a creative space and and mm. let's do it let's do something unexpected another bit of advice would be i did a lot of self-editing i i just self-edited and so and you could look at that two ways i think that's why without any industry connections without any experience in the journalistic or writing i think i needed something pretty special to be noticed to be mm. picked up and I think because it was so clean, like the publisher said, she's rarely got a book so clean at, at, at that stage, but maybe I didn't need to get that clean in mm. terms of time. I look at it and think, did I, but if time's an issue for you, mm. that was, I'm not sure whether I did too much, but mm. can't say. As a last kind of uh, question, what's next for you? Will you write again? Yes, well, I got a two-book deal with Beautiful. And I started writing it. You know, I was waiting for the big edits to come back because with a big company, you they have schedules that you fit in with. And so there can be quite a bit of a long time frame bef- between getting edits back. So I started writing and that's the book I'm working on now. It'll be another big theme. I love tackling these big <laughs> themes. And uh, so I'm... I'm, I've got a, I should be looking at, gosh, the end of the year. Oh, <laughs> exciting. Oh, Yes, it's really exciting. I'm now I'm now treating it like a job I, and I'm loving it. We're at the part of the of the podcast where we do the rapid fire question part of the date. So, I'm going to fire a couple of questions at you. Give me the first answer that comes to your head. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite book that you've read in the last 12 months? Oh, gosh, that is really hard. Sarah Bliss. Oh, great book. Love that book. Meg Mason is amazing. Um, oh, it's keep... an amazing book. I just it, love it. Mm. Absolutely. What is your favourite type of dessert, keeping in the theme of some of the other desserts mentioned in the book? <laughs> something with um, a great textural thing, like a, something with meringue and fresh sort of. I was going to guess lemon tart. I was going to. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I was going to guess it. Yes, a lemon t- lemon meringue sort of dessert. Oh, yeah. yummy. Do you have a favourite word? Yes, I do. Yes. Apparently. Apparently. That's a great word. I just think there is so much loaded into the word apparently. It's sort of slightly <laughs> sarcastic. There's a little bit of humour in it. You know, people go, apparently, she said. So just, <laughs> Love it. Uh, beverage of choice. If you're at home and um, having a night at home reading, what do you go for? Well, I'm now alcohol-free, so uh, that happened because of health reasons. Beverage of choice would just be, a, this sounds so boring, but a really good herbal tea. No, that's not boring at all. It's it's a classic because it works. I'm sorry. It's it, a works. it works. It works. I drink tea endlessly while I'm writing. Love it. But I do like a good coffee in the morning. Nice. 
Where is your favourite place to read? In bed, on the couch, or out the back in the shade out, on, a, on a sunny Out afternoon. the back. Out nice. the back with trees around me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Lastly, you mentioned, you know, you, you, this experience, this whole experience of your of your own personal experience, but also writing the book, your, this brush with, with death gave you the courage to write, put this book out. Um, now that you've achieved that goal, what next thing do you want to do that you haven't done before? Ooh. Ooh. I, I, I think, uh, well, the next thing I want to do is write another book. Yes, well, that's it. Well, we've got that one off. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I just sort of think I just want to sort of create a new um, invention. Um, my son's getting married in Tuscany in June, so the next thing I want to do is go to an Italian wedding. That's, oh, that's Yes, please. That's something pretty exciting. I don't think there's anything like, you know, heli skiing or anything that I want to do. I Oh, that's a bit of a boring answer. I think I just want to write another book. That's that's my exciting thing that I've got out there. Well, I love that because because now treating it like a job, giving it life direction, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I just love writing. I love words. You should be really, really proud of this book, I should just say. Uh, it, you know, it's well, a tough thing so to much. do. Putting out something like that is really, really difficult, and I think you should be over the moon with how this book oh. has turned out. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you. I could honestly chat to you all day, but unfortunately our date has come to an end. I will say uh, for everyone listening, The Wakes is out now. It is published by Ashet. If you are liking the show, drop words and nerds a review. Uh, Let us know what you think. And also who would you like to hear from next? Diane, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. 